Real quick, I just wanted to invite all of our listeners to this really cool thing that I've done. Now, this is the 12th year. So long. So long. Loverwork is part of a nonprofit called Plywood People. And Plywood does an annual event called Plywood Presents. Right? Yeah, it's great. How many Every of you year, have you been to? How many years 12, have you been? You've all been? 12. <laughs> I will 100%. It's definitely a highlight of your year, isn't it? Oh, you know, I'm just thankful that I'm not taking out the trash every year. Like, like the first year. Like the many first few years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm very thankful that I get to sit and enjoy it now. Totally. Ply Presents is August 12th in Atlanta in person. And we want to invite you to be a part of it, to join us. You can Look, come by yourself. Can we you can see bring your faces? Someone that you love with you. Or you can you could have a whole table, a table of six people. Find me or find Jeff. If you listen to this podcast and you are coming to Plywood Presents, I need to see your face we because have... I never get to see you. Oh I just goodness. talk into a microphone, wondering if anybody listens. Oh my. So listen, find us. It's a super inspirational day. You'll get practical advice in whatever projects you're leading or purposeful work that you're doing. We have incredible speakers. You can find all the details out at plywoodpresents.com. Sign up today. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your cousins, tell your sisters, and be there or be square. August 12th, Plywood Presents. Do you see my pen? I got notes right here. Yeah, I'm looking to make it a little lighter. <laughs> Are we mutually aligned oh right now? Oh my goodness. Uh, there's, there's always, always two, two versions. <laughs> I mean, you're moving a little slow, but... Working I, I, really a, hard. <laughs> we will definitely talk about that later. <laughs> love for work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Back again, y'all. Check us Let's begin. This is going to be a good one. Party I on, think people in the all you noise. parents better get yourselves ready for this one. Really? I don't think I was emotionally quite ready for was what ready. was about to happen. I've already been having these conversations with Jada about technology. You've kind of decided to step away every time we have one. I know. I feel like I'm the half of us that gets the kids outdoors. Like my job, I think, in our relationship is like... I'm going to get the kids in nature. I'm going to get them out hiking and moving and outside. And my job is everything else? No. <laughs> Your job is technology. Oh, technology. Yeah. Which is what we're talking about today with Listen, an this is expert. an episode everyone needs to hear. Yeah. I mean, he's an expert. He's written multiple books on this topic. He's created multiple resources. Resources. You weren't There's ready. You technology. were just not even ready. I was like, I got the guy we need to talk to, and you, you were like, who? Uh, wh wait, what? Again, then, this technology world is just really hard for me. <laughs> I'm gonna be. Meanwhile, I've been educating myself. I've been getting resources. I have a resource we're gonna do with the kids on vacation. See, this is why I have you. I need you for this, and you need me to take the kids on hikes. Outside. All right. There we go. So I don't have to do any of the hikes this summer? Oh, no, 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 no. You're not <laughs> getting out of that. It's going to be great. So we have Matt McKee. Matt McKee. Let me just give a little bit of stuff for him because he's done amazing stuff. So he's written a book called Parenting in a Tech World. You definitely want to check that out. He recommended a documentary that we should all watch as parents. We haven't watched it yet, but we're going to watch it. We will be watching it. This is like next on our agenda, Jeff, you and I, but it's called Childhood 2.0. You can see it on YouTube. It's free everywhere. Another place to look is childhood2movie.com. And he recommends every parent to see this before they ever give their child a phone. He also recommends watching it with your kids. Later. After you watch it, yeah. yeah. And then the other thing that he's part of right now is a change.org petition that is called Let Parents Protect. And it's hashtag Let Parents Protect, which is just really trying to help reinforce parameters around social media sites so parents can get on and protect their children. You know, today I don't want to just name three things because you literally just named three things we talk about in the whole episode to listen for. He's going to explain all those things, isn't he? 
Oh, so those are your three things. No, those were your three things. Oh, do you have other three things? No, but I do know that you're going to hear one, two, three, four, five, at A least lot of five statistics that will be statistics. hard to hear. <laughs> that is where my readiness was not ready for that. That was just, yeah. It was, was a lot. That was hard. All the statistics But are y'all, okay. Hi. This is the reality and we cannot hide from it like I want to do, but we cannot. So you must listen because it's very important. There it is. All right. And here we have Matt McKee. Believe it or not, I started off as a pastor. Like like back in the day, Jessica and I, uh, Jessica's my wife, uh, will celebrate 22 years of marriage this oh, year, wow, which is insane uh, because uh, as many companies as I've been a part of and like being married to an entrepreneur or someone mm-hmm. who's trying to run a nonprofit, like you have to be a little bit insane um, on both <laughs> Thank sides. You. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. To, I think to, I don't to, know. To I, this is a... I, I always readily admit that I am the crazy one in the family. So, you know, thank you for that no, 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 affirmation. Yeah, for sure. You know, Jessica's already always said like she was going to write a book, what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur. Yes. You know, when I started off as a pastor, I was at a church in Dallas-Fort Worth and uh, we were launching product. Like I got to be a part of something that grew from 9,000 to 25,000 from one campus to five. And it was hair on fire, just launching things, Mm -hmm. right? And one of those was a tech company. And the church itself uh, was one of the first, if not the first, to put .com after their name. You know, so they had a web presence. And so it was just this idea of how do you leverage technology? And then it really turned into uh, a question for my own life. How do you leverage innovation for good? And that's really what has driven me, I would say, over the last 22 years and being able to have a wife who's been able to support that and say, yeah, sure, you're ordained. And yeah, you know, you went to seminary and all this stuff. Like we went together. Uh, Jessica and I did. And we worked at that same church together, uh, even though she's taken different times off and, you know, different things to support the family. It really has been a, you know, how do we do this? And mm-hmm. that's uh, that's what's been really interesting. You know, since then, we've had two boys. Our oldest is 16. Our youngest is 14. Very different kids. It's one of those things that I keep asking them, like passions, like where does that line up with your gifting and where does that line up with kind of the mission of your life? So Hmm. it's where we are. It's cool. And then in the midst of that, I mean, you've gotten involved in so many tech startups and oftentimes a lot directly related to kids and family, right? It all began because my oldest son, he goes over, he spends a night with somebody else. He gets introduced to adult material on an iPad. And it really did just piss me off. I mean, it it (laughs) ticked me off to the point that I said, we've got to solve this problem for our own family. Hmm. Well, I happened to be connected to a bunch of different investors and I had started a company and sold a company and I had been working, I was working in private equity at the time. And I was like, okay, how do we, how do we do this? So started calling different people in the network and calling different people around the country. And I was like, who's doing something innovative? Who's doing something in the space? And found three people, two in Portland and one in Orange County, California. They had failed three times. Like they had tried to bring a product to market and it just didn't happen. And they were trying to do all these different things. And, you know, we were running this little Shark Tank event, right? And I brought them to town and I was like, hey, what does it look like to get behind them? And what's great is the first, I don't know, $3 million that went into their company all came from Atlanta. So was able to be a part of that, but then also other startups and mentors, a part of other accelerators. And it all just kind of happened around innovation. It happened around family. And it really did happen around technology. Out of curiosity, can you share what that technology was? Uh, that one was called Circle. Circle, yeah, yeah which yeah. I bet a lot of people have heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, another one is that same group of people, or at least a lot of them, have also invested in another company based here in Atlanta called Bark. Mm. Uh, and Bark is kind of the next step of what Circle uh, was. Uh, Circle, you may know because it had a, a really nice relationship with Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a part of my story around that was, you know, because of that, I went to 18 different countries in two years traveling and speaking at different conferences and on behalf of what was happening, uh, you know, for them. So, so you know, we're here kind of in this parenting series. And I would just say when we're talking about 
technology with you, I think parents just have so many fears, Mm -hmm. right? I remember like when my kids were younger, this whole technology thing was like, you know, you had to have limiting them, you know, an hour a day is like the most of that, you know, or like pediatrics recommended screen time time. was like an hour a day, blah, blah, you know, and this like fear of like, okay, well, you know, you can't do more. I'm going to ruin their brain. And, you know, all these things that happen. And then we have a freaking pandemic (laughs) and everybody's on screens. And now we have a hundred other fears, right? Now it's like, well, what happened to the hour of screen time a day? That's blown out of the water. My kids are on screens eight hours a day for virtual. Like, so now I have all these other fears of like, now I'm ruining them even more with eight hours a day. You know, how do you help parents? Like, what do you say to them with their fears, with these things? Like, how do you address and talk about that with parents? So it's twofold talking about the fear. One is like, what am I doing to my kids because of the unknown? And because of unknown things, we are fearful just as a, a human being. Right. The other thing that's different in history, this is the first time in history that we feel like our kids know more than we do. Because when we give them an iPad at age three, not only do they know how to open it up, they know how to get to YouTube and they know how to comment. And you're like, you don't even know how to type. But they somehow they're like, no, I can like hit this little thing and, and I can try to talk. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. Right. So that And it's because uh, when parents and kids come to technology, they ask two different questions. The first question is for parents, uh, what will this do for me? Mm. Like it's an efficiency question. It's an effectiveness question. And that's why you pay money. That's why you, every month you'll pay your cell phone bill and your, you'll pay your ISP bill, you know, your, your connection bill. Yeah, because you justify it based off of productivity or reason in some way. This yeah, is why for I, you because for me, this yeah. is why I'll pay for it. Sure. Right, kids never have that question. So, what's their question? What will it do? <laughs> Just simple, open, right? open question. There. Note, notice <laughs> it's not an efficiency question. It's based not, out of curiosity, right? It is very mm. much curiosity. Mm. So. Because of that, we never know where our kids will end up. Right. Again, Which is more fear. fear. <laughs> right? So you're, it's driving all of these different things. They know more than me when it comes to this. They're more curious than I am. So yeah. parents really do. There's two ways to combat this. Okay. First and foremost, uh, the question of, can you teach me how? Mm-hmm. Can you teach me how that app works? Can you teach me how that device works? Can you teach me how this gaming controller works? So for a parent to ask their child, yeah, one hundred percent, which actually puts you in a different posture. Mm-hmm. It puts you in a different mm-hmm. position, and it actually helps you build a relationship, which comes to the next part of this piece for parents. The biggest parental control you will have is to have a relationship with your kid. No matter what technology they're using and no matter what age they are. Hmm. And because of that, that relationship that you have will combat or will actually give you hope because now you get to see through their eyes and their curiosity on how they're using all these different things. So you're not going to be as fearful. You will actually go, hey, we can move in a different direction. Hmm. Which means this, most parents don't do this. Most parents will just hand a device to a kid because they believe they have the same question. Like they're going to go, hey, what will this do for me? Right. They won't. They won't. And the kid will then use it and go, hey, I I can also do this and that. Like they'll get into a whole different world than what they know. So parents need to start giving purpose before they start giving permission. Okay. So when you're handing it, you're saying, what? You have 30 minutes to do... Well, what is it that you hope that they would do? Like if it... Let's say that your kid's really into music, like my oldest son. Okay. He's creating his own music. He's got out a couple albums, and we'll get into more about that later. But what happens is, hey, who are the people that you're following on Instagram? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you using Instagram? Okay. Is it so that you can promote your music? Is it so that you can connect with other artists? Is it like, what is the purpose behind having permission to utilize that device or permission to utilize that platform? It's basically you're bringing them to question number one. 
You are kind of bringing them to question number one. Right? Because you're saying you can't go into this device just open question like what you're saying. What will it do? Well, because you're then you, you can't have, have to, accountability. Right. So you parent. are bringing them to number one that they have to have a what will it do for me mentality. And I'm trying to bring parents to question number two to bring about a little more curiosity. It's like mm-hmm. bridging those two bridging different it. worlds yeah. of yeah. thought. Yeah, that's That's, really good. That's interesting. What's hard is I think sometimes if we're really honest, we don't want to engage what the kids are interested in in it. I mean, I think that's a reality. They start pursuing things that are just not interesting to us. So then we, we block ourselves off from it, right? And then they go off on their own. You know, I didn't want to play Fortnite. Right. I didn't. Like mm-hmm. there, I looked at the game. I don't want to play Minecraft. I'm very competitive. Like mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why I'm an entrepreneur. Like we're mm-hmm. we're gonna comp- mm-hmm. like it's just kind of a part of me. There is no purpose to Minecraft. Like there, there's nothing I can compete in. Like there's no end to the game. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps going. Like, going. like, like what Agreed. is this? Right. But even Fortnite, even in a game that I could compete in, I'm like that's just a waste of time. But to build a relationship with my youngest son, who really is into gaming, like I hid out in a bush for an entire game and got third. And he looked at me different because he was like, wait a minute, you actually do care about what I'm into. Yeah, This would be like when we were growing up, your parents coming to your basketball game or baseball game or your swim meets or your track meets. They didn't want to be there, but it's them supporting you and what, you're actually up to. It's interesting, though, when you think about the three and four-year-old that you have, you hand them an iPad. Why? So you don't have to engage with them. It's like, do this while <laughs> I'm doing this other thing, right? Like, yes. that, the purpose I mean, especially this, during COVID, right? Yeah. We all are still trying to work and do right. our, get our own work done. So yeah. in some senses, you're like, please just do this for a little while so I can get some things done. It's not babysitting but or whatever, like, but in some ways it is. It's like, here, do this so that I can do this other thing. That's how I think, and that starts this endless cycle. Then, where cycle, you're not yeah. involved, right? In yeah, what not only you're at. not involved, it's this fake multitasking, right? Hey, look, we're together, but I can also go do something else, and you can do something else, and we have this shared experience. The problem is that shared experience will never be celebrated. You'll never go back and go. I'm really glad that we did this. Right, because it, it, it's isolated experiences, really. Correct. Yeah. I mean, when we look at technology, we look at the amazing part of tech and what it could accomplish. Like, the reason why we're like, hey, yeah, it's good for our kids to be on tech because they can learn anything. Like, information used to be valuable. Like, colleges used to be, well, they were graded and they, were, they had value because of their libraries. Right. And that's no longer the case. Right. It's about community. Well, technology also gives us the illusion that you're going to be able to go connect with whoever you want to, like at any point in time. So let's talk about that because I've heard so many parents, especially during COVID, just really struggle with, you know, isolation with their kids. Their kids can't play with other kids. And so they've, you know, allowed more technology because that is there, you know, during gaming interaction with their friends and things like that. You're saying that that's an illusion or do you think that that's actually a really true connection with your friends? So the more the studies that we're seeing, especially coming out of COVID, the more that we stare at screens or interact with screens, the more we crave a real relationship. Okay. And it's because of this isolation aspect, mm-hmm. which means that there is an opportunity for parents more than ever to actually build a lasting relationship with their kid. Like if you ever sit down with a parent and say, hey, what do you really want? Like once your kid leaves, for one, they want their kid to leave. Let's, you know, that's, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, woohoo, they finally Until left. they left, and then you're like, uh, uh wait, <laughs> no, no, but. Even then, you want them to come, come back. back. Yeah. Right? You want them to want to come back. You want them to want to be with you. Right? So yeah. Thanksgiving, no, it's not a question of whether right. or not they're coming. You want them they're to wanting be there. to come back. That's how you know if you were a successful parent. Hmm. Kind of plain and simple. Like at the end of the day, whether technology is involved or not. Now, 
With tech, though, we feel like we have all these different relationships or all these different communities or all this different access. And I do think that that is an illusion. Okay. Uh, because it's not building a, a, a deeper relationship. Prime example, I was speaking at a conference with five other people. Uh, we were all from different parts of the, the nation. And we were talking about literally this topic. Uh, mm-hmm. connecting with others. And this was early, like Twitter days and mm-hmm. like Facebook. and Like it was all, hey, online, building relationships. Mm-hmm. We did not meet each other until that conference, like face-to-face, like we had never uh, done anything together. Once that happened, that conference happened, then our relationship went really deep. Mm-hmm. Until then, it was, do I really know who you are? Do I, like, even though they had shared some things, even though we had done video calls, even though, like, a lot of those different things had happened, those relationships didn't really matter to us until mm-hmm. they became something real. Tangible. Yes. Yeah. Because you could look at somebody. A few years back, I mean, I think we were trying to figure out when to use technology, how to use technology, what is enough time with technology sheltering our kids from technology, you know, but this year, definitely it changed everything, everything changed. Yeah. Like, there's no way that you can control that anymore. It's just integrated in all of life. And I think as parents, we had to find a way to accept that. Right. So what do you think like a healthy integration of technology looks like now in a family? One that is purposeful, hmm. you know, all these parents want to talk about time. Like right. screen time, that's, like yeah. how much time? That's the category, yeah. Right. That should I spend on a device? And I come back to what is the purpose of them spending it on the device? Mm-hmm. And once you get to purpose, then you can sit down with your kid. And I would encourage every parent to sit down with their kid and say, "Okay, because of this, how much time do you think you should spend?" Let them be involved in that conversation. A hundred percent. So that when it comes to whatever technology you're using, and hopefully you're using technology in your advantage to say, this is when devices are on, this is when devices are off, whether that's parental controls set by the actual device your kid is on or by the internet service that you're using or whatever that is. One thing that parents do need to make sure is happening is that they're utilizing technology to be the bad guy. What do you mean? So when the internet goes off at nine o'clock, it's not your fault. It's the technology's fault because you guys decided that nine o'clock was when technology went off because you sat down with your kid and you had the conversation. You're like, hey, when do you think, you know, would be a good time to have us as a family maybe have a conversation or uh, what time do you think your bedtime should be so that we can start, you know, brushing our teeth or whatever age it is so that when things are automatically shut off by the tech, you're not the bad guy. It's, you've already had the decision. It and was their choice. Yeah, It was their choice. Involving them fighting. in the conversation. You're not yeah. fighting with your kid. Involving in the decision. Which means that the tech company who, you know, is helping you do this or that iPhone, that screen time comes on. Right. It's its fault. Yeah. Not your fault. You have a shared agreement. Mm-hmm. What about the kids? Like, I, you know, I know you keep saying like a purpose. And, you know, I think probably older kids, like, you know, you were saying your son with music yeah. and stuff like that. I think older teenager, like I see that. What about the, you know, a lot of elementary and younger kids are like, I don't watch a movie. I'm going to veg. I you, you know, it's like, I just want to play a game. Like, it's just fun. It, I don't know if they really are like purposefully thinking about it. So I started this quest and this question, yeah. uh, you know, with my son, uh, actually when he was 11 years old, he was in fifth grade. Okay. And I asked him the question, if you could create anything in the world, what would you create? And he was like, Hey, if I could have a microphone and if I could have some speakers and if I could have a little beatbox, that'd be awesome. Cause I want to, I want to create. And we just knew again, where his passion was. I mean, he wanted and to this be... this is the music one, yeah, right? The music wanted, kid, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to be Andy Minio. <laughs> like, you know, that was it. He was like, hey, this... You know, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, you know, since then, we get to celebrate all of those creations that he's done. Right. The, the other kid who's not a creator... He's the gamer. He is a gamer. Help me with that. Yeah. Because I don't understand the purpose. Okay, so... With that. During COVID, right? During this whole lockdown, we said, okay, you want to compete. And that may be where your kid is. If you you don't want to create, but you want to compete, if you could compete in anything in the world, what would you compete in? So gaming is about com- 
competing. It is, is because that's saying. the center that's of the brain. The right. That's the center of the brain that is why they're attracted to it. Okay. Just like when I was growing up, why I wanted to play basketball and why I wanted to play soccer and like all those different, there are pleasure centers in your brain mm -hmm. uh, and how you're wired and how you're gifted mm -hmm. and understanding that with your kid actually brings us back to purpose. But yeah, so with, with so my youngest son, compete. Okay. it is a, That's the it's purpose. a com competition deal. Yeah. So we're like, Hey, you're going to train like you're a professional athlete. You're going to video yourselves when you're competing in Rocket League, and you're going to go back, and you're going to analyze yourself. If you want to spend that much time on a device, then you're going to go back and you're going to go, hey, this is where I did well. This is where I didn't do well. You're also going to have to actually be physical. You're going to have to get up and move. So he couldn't do certain things on the game until he had actually gone for a walk or he'd actually mm -hmm. done some exercise because, yeah. hey, we wanted that. That was, you know, of high level. Yeah. He also had to do training. So he had certain goals even within Rocket League because he said he wanted to compete in the world championships. Okay. okay. On the game. On the game. Yeah, I get you. Great. You want to compete? Let's compete. Let's train. Let's train. So I'm good. At you that have part. to go from I'm really good at that part. <laughs> you have to go from <laughs> silver to gold to uh, look. As a parent, it's our responsibility to figure out where is our kid. Yes. Gifted. Yes. And, and study not, them in and that. not blindly just give over this all access pass to their device. Uh, because when you do give an all-access pass, they're always two cooks away from things that you don't want them to be. For sure. Yeah. So share, I, I know you have some stats on that. And yeah. I, and, I and these think, aren't supposed to just scare you. Although they Are will. you going to scare us? <laughs> yeah. You're going to. Okay, everybody yeah. be ready. There we go. We're about to be scared. Yeah. 94.1% of teens expressed or experienced violent subject matter or thoughts over COVID through technology. Okay. Okay. Uh, these stats That's actually a high number. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every single one of them. So all of these numbers come from Bark, and Bark actually helps cover over five and a half million kids in the United States, and this is all in aggregate of last year, twenty twenty. So recent, like, recent. Yes. Okay. So we are all hearing recent last year. Stats. Yeah, yeah. And Bark, the reason it exists, it's artificial intelligence uh, running inside schooled issued accounts and then also running across 30 plus social media platforms. And if something happens objectionably to your kid, they're being cyberbullied or if they have suicidal ideation or it's taking that language, going through the artificial intelligence, and then it sends you a Bark if there's something that needs to be uh, looked at, just like there is some danger that's happening. I feel like I need a bark on my own. <laughs> right. <laughs> Searching. Yeah. Tell me what's happening in my own yeah. mind. Yeah. Help me, AI. Help yeah. me. Yeah, you've been. <laughs> Please tell me. You're Please. being cyberbullied and yeah. you don't even know it. Please tell me what's happening in my brain yeah. right now. So 66.3% of teens engaged in conversations about depression last year. Mm. Like it's active so right conversations. Now about mental health and where teenagers are. And it is that isolation approach. Like, yeah. even though they were spending eight hours connecting with others, uh, it Online, really is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those deals that just, uh, yeah. it breaks. 82% of teens experience bullying mm -hmm. uh, as a bully, as a victim, uh, one or the other, okay. last year, mm -hmm. um, which is probably why 66% of them are Talking about depression. Yeah. Okay. 91% of teens engaged in conversations surrounding drugs and alcohol mm -hmm. uh, throughout. And it could be just a reflection of what's happening in the home mm. uh, yeah, because parents true. are trying to deal, you know, with different things. Trust me. We all been drinking more. We know um, that. 66.6% .6 of teens were involved in self-harm or suicidal ideation last year. That's a really high number. Second cause of death in teenagers is suicide. I mean, this is why we have a real problem. And it does reflect on what's happening in technology. Hmm. Technology truly is a mirror. It is a reflection of our humanity. And that's why as a parent, we see the good. Like we go, hey, this is amazing. This is awesome. And then we also see the things that we never want to see. Hmm. We see our humanity then is reflected back into us. And then here's the scariest one. By the time your kid's uh, 14, they've been exposed to nudity or pornography online. 14? 14. Most, though, and here's... Yeah, there's a high stat for... Yeah, 70%. Um, yeah. 70% uh, of all nine-year-olds have been. 
So you having to have a conversation with your child about, you know, it used to be the talk. Yeah. Yeah. Continuous um, talks. Yeah. And, and now it's continuous. And it's not just about content. What we're creating are people who are addicted to technology. Mm-hmm. So would you say your philosophy is that instead of trying to figure out when the right time is for kids to get access to technology or, I mean, I mean, the question our daughter is, when can I get a phone? When can I get a phone? When mm-hmm. can I get one? Because all my friends have it. All yeah. my friends have it. Mm-hmm. Every single friend that I have ever met in my entire world has a phone, which they don't, but that's sure. what she thinks. How do you handle age appropriateness with technology? So you ask them, what are you going to use it for? Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time, kids are really good at coming up with excuses. All kinds of things, yes. <laughs> I need my phone in my room so that I can set an alarm. Yeah. Right. Right. And I can get you an alarm clock. Okay. Okay. Exactly. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad at least we're on that, you know. Yeah, on we're the on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, just for clarity, if people haven't heard that, that's a huge deal, right? Keeping technology out of rooms. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, uh, for our house, technology doesn't go upstairs. Like we happen to live in a house that, you know, is two stories. And, uh, so yeah, it doesn't, congratulations. Technology doesn't go upstairs. Like it, it stays on the main floor. Uh, and having a place where technology plugs in at night, at right? night, like never goes to bed with you. Yeah. Right. A shared space where devices sleep. Yes. Okay. And when they they go every when you sleep, the devices right. Sleep. Every everybody stays there. So yeah. Now, when do I get my kid their first phone? That's like the magic question that oh. every kid wants you to answer in a lower Tangible age way. than the age we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and kids will go, but don't you want to reach me now? You know, they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're for some I magical reason they're going to be away from you all the time, right? You know? right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're like, I'm like, it's uh, COVID. I you haven't have left <laughs> our house in like Actually, I don't a year reach and a you. half. <laughs> now, when we were growing up, we wanted a car, right? And the reason we wanted a car is because we wanted freedom, mm-hmm. and that freedom meant that we could go see friends and that we could like make some decisions on our own. And like kids today, like and they want been, the device. Well. More than the car. Yes. Like if you had, if they gave them a choice, they'd be like, uh, I'll take the phone if you pay for uh, like the monthly. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Who cares about a car? Right. Because they could talk to all their friends. That's their I can order an Uber. Like (laughs) if I have a phone, I can get wherever I need to get. I can go and do. Right. In reality, here's as a parent, what you have to come down to grips with is they're really asking for freedom. Hmm. And so that's why you have to set boundaries. That's why when your parents gave you a car or when, you know, you were able to get your first car, there were certain things that already happened. I went to driver's training. Exactly. Did you though? Now we're going to have some digital training. Did prior you go to, to training? An iPhone. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. These same concepts parents should be putting into place. When you go for your permit, you don't have to prove you even have a car. Oh. <laughs> like it's just written. Yeah. Okay. It is. And this is why it's fascinating to me. Our government, you know, says, hey, um, you come take a written test. And for the next year, we believe your parents are responsible for your actions and everything that happens in that. You don't even have to get insurance. Right. Like your parents are in charge for the next year. And when you come back in a year, then you can take the actual test to prove us that you have a car that you can drive. It's the permit. Yeah, that's the permit phase. Yeah. The same thing really needs to happen with tech. Like there needs to be a time and it may be a year, it may be two years that you come alongside your kid more than you ever wanted to. And it's going to scare you to death. Just like when you sit in the passenger seat with your 15 year old and they go, (laughs) wait a minute, you took that curve way too fast. (laughs) Like you wish you had the brakes on your side just means that you have to be an active, involved parent, Hmm. which kind of stinks because you don't want to. To play this out more logistically, it's like whenever you think that time is that you feel comfortable, you're getting closer, whatever that is. Sixth grade is a good starting point, but go ahead. Yeah, you get a phone, parents own the phone. They go, you know what? We're going to start trying this out. You're going to gymnastics class and I'm going to have you take the phone with you for the next two hours and we're going to see what happens. And then I'm going to take it back or or something like that. goal, and there is a goal when it comes to your license. You're going to give curfews. And if they break their curfew, you're going to take the keys away. Yeah. Like there's just certain things that are going to happen. But the goal is for them to, again, leave, to be a responsible citizen. The goal for you as a parent when it comes to technology is for them to be a responsible digital citizen. Hmm. So they're going to have to have their own 
even accountability systems are going to have to be able to put their own time limits in place or like your goal is not to like lock them down until they leave your house. In the beginning, you have to be very directive. Mm -hmm. Here's the rules. Here's what we're going to do. And then you're going to have to transition. And this is where parents get, you know, caught up as well, especially when it comes to tech into influence. Like, I want to influence their decisions on how they're using tech. And like... But we can't control. You can't control it. Yeah. Or what you get is a kid who goes off to college and is like, hey, I was locked down my entire, you know, and high school career. And wild crazy. Yeah. And you're like, what happened? Mm. That's really good advice. There's so many different ways this plays out in society. I mean, you and I, if... Let, this is not a tech comment, but like when we adopted our daughter, right? We had to go through this questionnaire. How are we going to discipline? How are we going to this? Like a hundred questions that as a new parent, you're like, we don't even have the kid. I don't know, but we got to talk about it now. And we went through like a hundred questions. And we're like, after that, we're like, why don't parents who have biological children in their body have to go through this questionnaire, right? Like it's that same kind of thing. Like, why aren't we preparing ourselves for this future of mm. what's about to happen. You bring up a great question. Why has no one ever told me? Because no no one's had to. Sure. Up to this point, like, adults weren't addicted to technology until about the year 2000. Hmm. Like, hmm. And this is what has been a driving force with our family is... You know, us looking at ourselves going, no, we're not going to have devices at the dinner table. No, we're not. Like, it, it's because we're having to, like, Actively we're the first. trying to figure it right. out. Right. Yep. And we're trying to figure it out for ourselves. Sure. As parents. So we're like, I don't know if I can figure it out for me and my kid. Hmm. Like, we really are right now a bridge for what will be happening in the future. I just believe because it's new still to this day and what it means to be a parent in this technology age, I think we're going to get better. But yeah, right now it's kind of rough. Tell me some practical things. You've mentioned a few, but I'd love to like put them together so that people can write them down or something. But that you do in your family, some parameters that you have all set that kind of work that you see through the data that you've seen in all your statistics that is very helpful for parents with technology. So I know you said like no technology in your rooms, in private spaces. Yeah. So say some of those things. Yeah. uh, So I will say to kind of level set and you're about to, you know, allow your kids to be on social media. There is a movie I would like for every parent out there to watch. Before we go to social media. Before social media. And notice that social and mobile are very much the same. Like they grew up together, you know, the iPhone (laughs) and Facebook, they wouldn't be what they are today without each other. Yeah. Like that is a marriage beyond belief. And most people don't understand that mobile and social really have driven together. Like they've been together now, you know, for about, uh, what, 13 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that marriage is going strong. And, uh, you know, they're maybe having a little rocky time right now. Like who, who gets <laughs> permission? they rely on each other. Oh, 100%. Because you wouldn't touch your device as much as you do if it wasn't for social. And you wouldn't do as much social if it wasn't for your device. Like having those deals. So in reality, like just understanding that, but uh, the documentary that every parent needs to go back and watch is uh, Childhood Mm -hmm. Uh, 2.0. movie.com is the site. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it almost anywhere now. But what's interesting about that is you get to see teenagers talking about technology and what they're having to deal with. And if that makes you uncomfortable, then know that that's what's happening with your teenager or or your tween, your 11-year-old right now. And you're like, I I don't want my kid to have to do that or go through that. And they're talking about those topics. And uh, if you have a hard time with that as a parent, uh, then more than likely, you're not ready to hand them a phone. Like to go back to that question of, hey, when do I hand my kid a device? When you're ready to sit down and watch that documentary with them as a kid, that's when they're ready for a device. So this is appropriate for a tween well, or a teenager well, we to watch. watch it ourselves first. You right? should. Yeah, to know what we're That's what I'm to. saying. Yeah. Like as a parent, you're like, uh, I, I'm a little uncomfortable here. Right. And you're like, well, but that's what you're giving permission to have access to. Yeah. I get you. Okay. That um, makes sense. 
So a couple so, other tips you were going to give Andre, like just technology as you're kind of Cause some people are not there yet. A lot of people are in, you know, younger kids, four yeah, yeah. or five, six years old tips as they're kind of growing into this with their kids, some things that they could look out for their kids for. Everything that your kid comes in contact with in terms of technology has some type of parental control. Right. The hard part is how do I set it up? And yeah. like, what are the best ways? And all those different things. There is a resource out there called Bark-O-Matic. Bark-O-Matic.com. Literally, you put in to this little engine. We let them use an iPhone 8 because it's my old one. We let them have an iPad you know, air because it's my old one. Like this is what happens. Uh, or an old Android device. We have this type of internet service. And, and then it spits back to you the ways to set up parental controls. That's so cool. Oh, okay. And it goes, hey, step by step, here's what you're going to do to set up screen time. Here's what you're going to do to set up Google Family Link. Here's what you're going to do to set up all the different things so that you at least have the standard, if something happens two clicks away from now, something that you don't want them to see, at least you have something in place. Mm-hmm. So number one, no technology in the bedrooms specifically yep. or closed rooms. Secondly, look up Barkomatic to create some parental controls. Yep. Number three, uh, know your kids' passwords. <laughs> now, I, now I know this is going to be a fight. Like they're going to be like, but but I need my own privacy. Right, right. That's the word that kids have now learned. And you're like, we didn't know what that word meant. <laughs> like. The door had to be open to our room. Right. Like there was, there was no privacy. Mm-hmm. That would be like you coming home and you're going, no, you can't look at my book bag. Right. My backpack. No, 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 you can't. Well, that just means you got something there. Mm-hmm. Like your parents are going, okay, so you, you do have to know their passwords. And you're like, if this is one of the fights that you're not willing to have, here's what you're saying. You're willing to give your kid a key to an apartment all by themselves and they're the only ones with the key, and you're saying, hey, you can live in the apartment, you can do whatever you want to in the apartment, you can have whoever you want over in in the apartment. Like, the apartment is yours in a totally different city, maybe even in a different country. And you're 13. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, that's what you're saying when you don't have the password. It's interesting because I also heard a friend say, like, it's in a sense like that with the parents' involvement, it's like, no, we're welcoming you this is actually like, I pay for this phone for this kid and you're kind of in my living room. Welcome to my living room with, you know, your friends are invited to the party, but this is my living room. And so I am still able to walk into this living room at any point, hear what you're talking about, see what's going on, check in, make sure everybody has their snacks and then able to leave the living room as well. But this ultimately, this room and this space that you're in is still mine. Well, and you're responsible for it. I mean, this is this is that change.org thing you guys are doing, right? Yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah. 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 So there is a petition that we've started along with some other organizations out there. Uh, and it really does stem from a doctor who her son went on to Snapchat, thought he was ordering something else. He ended up getting some drugs that were laced with some something that his body didn't react well to, and he ended up passing away. He was a very young teenager. And you can find more about his story and about what's happening there. But it's because parents really don't have the ability to decide what's happening with their kids and their kids' data on platforms. So the change.org is hashtag let parents protect. Again, hashtag let parents protect. And what it is, is just saying to social media platforms, let parents be parents. Like, let us in so that because we're going to be held responsible or we have to pay for the consequences that are happening on your platform. So let us be parents on your platform. We just launched it this past week. Thousands upon thousands have already signed, which is strong. Uh, But yeah, we hope that we can get big platforms to come alongside and say, yes, parents, you get to be a parent. Yeah. So not only like on the the hardware that your kids have, but on the software and the cloud-based tools and platforms, we all have that, hey, as parents, we should be able to see whatever we want. We should be able to control what's happening with that information. Yeah. Instead of the platform. Hmm. Because as a parent, that's my job. Let me be a parent. Let me protect my own kid. Hmm. Uh, Because that's the way it always has been. Up until the point that all of a sudden now our kids are on all these different platforms and now the platforms who 
are being run by people, at least for the longest time, didn't even have kids. Like they were like, oh, whatever, right? Uh, we just need people on it because when we have people on it, that means we make more money. And you play this out really quickly and you realize, okay, my kid looks at this. My kid looks at this. Those platforms take that data. They sell it to the people that want to get to access to those kids. And it can, it is dangerous really quickly. Uh, very quickly. We did a little uh, sting operation. And what's great is we've been able to turn in over a thousand online predators to the FBI. Wow. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who are targeting your kid. Hmm. That's what you're giving access to. So another very practical tip here is do one platform at a time. Like when you give your kid a device, give them permission to be on one. Like whether it's TikTok, whether it's Instagram, whatever that platform is, mm -hmm. so that you can come back and when you have a conversation, it's, hey, what did you see or what did you share? And what like... It's very specific. It is very specific. It's not a very closed question like what happened at school today. It was like, hey, I know you had a test in math. How did you do on that test? That's a totally different question because you, well, and you helped them study and two, like, like you're just giving them one place, mm -hmm. which means that you can, again, going back to purpose, what is the purpose behind this? Can you teach me how you're being able to engage? This is awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for all this wisdom. I mean, I, Andre and I are about to go on vacation. I'm thinking I need to take these notes with me for a long ride. And we got to think through a lot of this stuff together. Cause I think you gave us kind of a fresh take on how to approach this with our kids. I agree. We think about it like productivity. What can we get out of it? The question that we have to ask is how, how do we engage our kids the way that they think about it? We have a lot to talk about. I ended up writing actually two books about this subject. Uh, mm -hmm. One is called Parent Chat. That's to help you have that conversation. The other one's called uh, Parenting in a Tech World. It goes much deeper into the very practical things that we've talked about today. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to write that book with a lady named Titania Jordan. And Titania is unbelievable. Like you've seen her on the Steve Harvey show and she's been on the Today Show and like she's all over the place. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So those are just two resources for you that you could go get. If nothing else, like get circle, get bark, get, yeah. get something get in place, right? Yeah. Um, for parameters. And finally this, and I'm really proud of this community. There's a Facebook group called Parenting in a Tech World. It now mm -hmm. has 115,000 parents in it. We hire over three full-time community managers to make sure that when the idiots come in, that they get kicked out. I mean, it's very healthy uh, where you can ask questions and you'll get real parents giving you answers that are respectful, uh, but also encouraging. Because that's one of the things, you know, as a parent, you're just like, I just need some help. And mm -hmm. that's what that's for. So uh, yeah, just look up Parenting in a Tech World if you're on Facebook uh, mm -hmm. still. And, um, <laughs> uh, I'm not, but you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? There's a community There's out there yeah. that can help you. And you have helped us, I mean, so much today. So thank you so much for our conversation. For sure. And now it's time for the breakdown. His very first two questions from the bat about how parents look at the interwebs and how children look at the interwebs was he, fascinating. He got gotcha. you. He got gotcha. you. He drew you in with those questions. So parents, what will this do for me? Very productive point of view, which is how I think about it for sure. And then the kids is just, what will it do? Just that open... Curiosity Curious. that scares that the bejeebers out of to all of a us. Dark hole <laughs> of the web. Oh, amazing. But I really enjoyed his idea. I mean, I think a lot of it is building that relationship with your kid. Yeah. Involvement in the internet, which will be your, he said, your biggest parental control mm -hmm. is the relationship you have with your kid on social media, on the internet with them. Yep. That's a lot. You got to be intentional. So I think what he's saying is the parenting I'm doing with the technology <laughs> may be more important than the parenting oh you're God. doing. I'm just kidding. It's not a comparison. I'm 100% joking. But no, I think it's right. I mean, this is how our kids live and operate. Mm. So we have to be curious about their interests. It's part of it. Okay. The thing that I thought was really, really stuck with me and I had not heard of before and hadn't thought about before was relating 
the technology, specifically phones, to when kids want to get a car, that the, the similarity of desiring freedom is at the core of that concept. So this idea that like, what is the training? You know, the training wheels or the, yeah. the student ed driver process yeah. of having kids. I thought that yeah. was just, it makes me want to think about it more. Like, what is our training going to look like with our kids? Yeah. How do we build that? And how to be a responsible digital citizen. Boom. I love that. Now, he said something off air and it was so good. Him and I just kept talking for a long while after this conversation, but he said something off air to me that it was so good that I was like, I have to say this. And so I'm bringing it up. But he also stated about how modeling as parents is just as important in this whole conversation. And I don't think we touched a lot on it, but his quote was, your kid will never hear you if there is a screen between you, whether it's yours or theirs. I mean, that's like a mic drop right there. The modeling in that. So he's saying like, we as adults are also addicted to our devices and our phones and those types of things. And so your kids are watching that. And I think he's saying that that screen between you is never going to lead to a relationship unless you're very purposefully involved in it. Well, there's some things to think about right there, isn't there? It's oh kind of like our gosh. date night this week when you kept hitting your phone to track our walk. Felt like a little technology in between us. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's calling me out on air. We were on a walk and you're like, wait. I was like having this deep, meaningful conversation <laughs> with you and you had to track your I had to track it. You know, you movement. need to make it count as my movement. Track it. It's important. I'm actually not that mad. It was actually kind of funny. You were ridiculous. But I think he's right. I mean, we have to have some self-evaluation and all of this to be able to work on it with our kids. So it's about purpose, right? We're giving purpose to the devices. We're giving purpose surrounding our technology. We are trying to find ways to connect with our kids with a purpose. And I think that was the real big theme in this today, for sure. Really incredible. Thank you, Matt, for joining us today. What an Again, incredible get his book. piece of advice for all of us. Get his book. Parenting watch the documentary, in a Tech World. Support the change.org movement. Let Parents Protect. The documentary is Childhood 2.0. And that, my friends, is another episode of Love or Work. recorded by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions.